0: Hi, and welcome to the FIRE Podcast. Today's lesson is the Outer Court, Part 2. The key verse for this lesson, again, is Exodus 25 and 9. And it states, According to all that I shew thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle, and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. The main idea for this lesson, again, is the place where God was to well had specific guidelines and measurements, and they all had to be correct. These things which we're learning about, not only did the priest have to go and do them, but we ourselves must do them in our everyday life in order to get further into the presence of God. Each section or item of the tabernacle represents a step we must take in our daily lives in order to meet God on a one-on-one level these lessons and items shows us exactly how God wants us to live and to fellowship with him on a day-to-day basis. Now, last week, let's kind of take a background check here. Last week, we began our journey towards the presence of God as we studied and look at the tabernacle uh, in the Old Testament. We began last week in part 1 of this lesson for the outer court. Uh, we began our studied uh, our studies on the gate, uh, and what it was made of, and how it applies to our lives, as Jesus Christ is our door. We also took a look at we also took a look at what the fence kind of looked like, what it was made of, uh, kind of what it would kind of looked like, how high it was, the width of it, and then we began our journey towards the holies of holies, where the presence of God dwelt. And, but before we could approach the holy God, we must first stop at the brazen or brass altar. And this is where we kind of left off. We kind of learned that the brass the brass altar uh, had grates, It had some tools uh, that it was used to help keep it going. Uh, it traveled with them, but we also learned that it represented repentance. It also represents uh, a place. Uh, where we could get our sins forgiven. But we also found out that the fire was always supposed to be on it. It wasn't supposed to go out. And with that, let us continue with our lesson. The Brazen Altar uh, had some precise uh, or some specific measurements. And those measurements were, it had to be at least five cubits long, which made it seven and a half feet long. It was supposed to be five cubits long which also makes it seven and a half feet wide and then the height of it was three cubits which would be about four and a half feet high as we already mentioned this is where the priest would sacrifice animals for different offerings but here are some of the offerings that are mentioned in the bible the burnt offering this required either a bull sheep Goat, all of these had to be without blemish. Or if you were a very poor person, you could use birds or a certain type of bird. And you can find this in Leviticus 2, verse 1 through 17. Then, as you read a little further, uh, you will find that there's a grain offering. This was uh, with bread, uh, with actual grain that you would harvest uh in flower if you want to call it that um and this had its own purpose uh we find this in leviticus 2 1 through 16 then there was a peace offering and with this peace offering you had to sacrifice either a goat or a lamb and this you can find in leviticus 3 1 through 17 then there was the sin offering and this sin offering was serious so it required either a bull goat or a lamb and these all had to be without without blemish as well uh, you can find this in leviticus 4 1 through 35 then there was the trespass offering and the trespass offering is if you did if you did something wrong towards someone you had to go and offer a, a sacrifice for them an offering uh and this required a female uh a female uh either female lamb or a female uh child goat or a goat kid if you want uh, that more proper term had to be a uh a bird or you could use some type of a grain such as flour uh wheat um or bread uh something along that nature and you can find that in leviticus the fifth chapter and you can find it in the sixth chapter so uh you can find that in both chapters uh the sacrifice was necessary for forgiveness The blood of the animal was important to justify or to make make the person or people right before the eyes of God. A proper sacrifice was an animal that was valuable and and basically perfect. Uh, It couldn't have any flaws, couldn't have any spots, couldn't have had a broken leg or a bad ear. It had to be 100% basically perfect. Uh, the reason why it had to be perfect was because sin is serious. Uh, sin is not a laughing matter. It is a serious thing. And only the shedding of blood, which the bloodstead for life could pay for sins. And, uh, the Bible says that life is, life is in the blood. Uh, and so that's why God required, uh, blood sacrifices because uh it represented a life being taken and sin sin always requires uh a life by laying and so with that being said what the person would do is they would bring the animal to the high priest and the high priest would begin to uh, sacrifice it but the individual who brought that um animal would have to lay hands on that animal and when when they laid hands on that animal basically what what they were basically doing is what they were either they were identifying with the animal or a better term would be uh, they were basically uh with them putting their hands on it they were saying that all my sin is going to this this perfect animal and it represents me and god would accept it uh, and it would burn up and uh, the priest would have to go later on in and uh, get the okay from the Almighty God the uh, the uh, the brazen altar brought about atonement for the people the word atonement simply means to be made right to be made just in the eyes of God uh, Jesus was and is the the ultimate sacrifice for us, uh, the blood of animals made made the people of Israel clean and forgiven. But it was only on a temporary basis. It didn't wasn't a long. It wasn't a long lasting uh, deal. It was a short term. And you can find that in Hebrews nine and thirteen. The Bible says that Jesus was and is to still today the ultimate sacrifice, and his death on the cross made believers free. Clean forever and just before the eyes of God, according to Hebrews 9 1 through 14. Even John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus coming towards him to get baptized, he told the people that Jesus was the Lamb of God who would who will and would take away the sins of the world, according to John 1 and 29. In our lives, the altar represents repentance, especially in our salvation. If we want to get into the very presence of God, if we want to, uh, if we want to go beyond the veil, so to speak, uh, and have that one-on-one connection, well, He won't take something that's dirty. Uh, he 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 wants something that is that is made right in His eyes. Uh, that's been uh, that's been uh, atoned, uh, and so in our salvation, that's where we get repentance from. Uh, because the people would have to uh, basically repent of their sins as they were sacrificing. And that's what we do when we repent. We're basically throwing everything we got on the on the altar and saying, God, please forgive me. That, that this is what I've done wrong. And God comes down and meets us. As we have said in the introduction of the tabernacle, that the tabernacle serves uh, also serves as a type or an example, or if you want to call it a picture, of not just our daily walk with Jesus, but also Jesus himself as well. Uh, the brazen altar represents uh, the death upon the cross uh, that Jesus had uh And, uh, daily when we get up in the morning, we we should always ask God to forgive us, uh, and always make sure that our attitudes and our motives are in check and that they are according to his will and not ours. And, uh, isn't it just cool to just to just be able to open up the scripture and see that, uh, that Jesus, there, there was, there was types, there was pictures of Jesus in the old Testament, uh, in the little things that we read uh but uh, the tabernacle itself uh basically from start to finish uh is a type or a picture of jesus what he would be in our lives and would be in the new testament uh for the church now as you went past the altar as you're making your way towards the actual tent of meeting or, or the actual tent part of the tabernacle the next step you would have to do is come to the Uh, raisin laver a laver is basically like a uh, basin or a big uh, wash pot or a big water pot if you want to call it that you can find it and it can be found uh, in multiple places Exodus 30 17 through uh, 21 Uh, Exodus 40 through uh, 40 verse 7 and you can find it in Exodus chapter 30 through 32 Uh, This laver, or uh, water basin, was the second piece of furniture on the way to the holy place, or the actual tent part of the tabernacle. Uh, The bronze, or the brazen laver, and its uh, bronze or brass stand, were made of mirrors or uh, if you want to get more technical, the Bible calls them looking glasses of the women who served at the entrance of the temple, uh, or entrance of the tent of meeting, or the tabernacle, or excuse me, not the temp- temple, according to Exodus 38 and 8. The, ex- the exact size of this labor is not described in the scriptures, so. Some people say it's pretty big, some people say it's pretty small, but we actually don't know the actual size of it, so um, it's kind of, uh, it was kind of left up to the imagination of how big it is uh, now, uh, because we, we don't get to see it. The brass, uh, the brass laver, or the basin, was lo- located between the altar and the tent, uh, the tent part of the uh, tabernacle. The bronze or the brass laver uh, was used for special types of washing or, or certain types of ceremonies. Uh, some of these ceremonies included uh, the priests would bathe their entire body uh, when they were being uh, selected or ordained. Uh, we find this in Exodus 29 and 4 when God was telling Aaron and his sons that if they were going to serve that they needed to make sure that they were washed clean after they had after they would wash themselves uh to get things started uh the priests had to wash their hands and feet every time they they had to enter the tabernacle or approach the brazen altar to minister or they would die uh This is kind of uh I know this is kind of funny but uh this is where, you know, when your mama said, did you wash behind your ears? Uh, this really meant, like, you better make sure you wash back behind your ears. Uh, and you can find this in Exodus 30, 19 through 21. Uh, so they, they, they couldn't miss any, any spot. So, uh, so back behind the ears were just as important uh, when, uh, or else uh, they died. And so, uh, so I want let's make sure we get back behind our ears, too washing when the priests would wash their hands and feet it was a representation or it stood for sanctification uh sanctification simply means to be become holy or to be made holy in the eyes of god uh and uh that's what we have to do on a daily basis is is we have to become holy uh because we we ourselves we're we're two men trapped. We're two men and women trapped in one body. We have a natural and we have a spiritual, uh, and the spiritual is always holy, uh, but the natural is always unholy because it always does things uh, that that the Bible says not to do. It does, and what this and the spirit part of us, the spirit man, uh, does always wants to do what the bible says and so uh, we we ourselves every day have to make sure that we put ourselves our attitude and our desires in check because it's not really our desires it's it's what what god's desires that really matter serving god requires not just being cleansed from sin but a desire for holiness uh and uh the scripture tells us that without holiness no man can see God. And I don't know about you, but uh, I want to make my way to a place where where God can come face to face with me and talk with me and uh, minister to me and I can minister unto him. And so uh, as young people, uh we can if we can learn to desire holiness uh because because that's how Moses got to see Uh, ask God, you know, let me see your face. And God told him, no, it was because he had been in a place where he could make him, he made himself holy. And, um, we ourselves have to desire that holiness, that pureness for God. We are, we are to cleanse our hearts from guilt before approaching God, according to the Bible in Hebrews 10 and 22. So when we get up in the morning, we got to make sure that our heart is right with God. Uh, before we ever, we, that's why when, when we get down, uh, when we get down in the morning and we begin to pray, that's why we need to acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Lord and we need to, and, and cause he needs to know who you're talking to. I mean, you're not talking to your brother. You're not talking to your sister. You're wanting to talk to God. So you. You're going to have to call on Jesus, but then you're, but then what you have to do is you have to tell him, Lord, wash me today, Lord God, uh, that you would create in me a clean heart, Lord, that you would uh, help me to be right in your eyes, Uh, help me to be right in my heart. Uh, Lord, uh, that I don't hold no prejudice, that I'm friendly, that I'm happy, that I show You and all the things, I, all the things I want to do, and this helps us get into a deeper walk and even a deeper part of our prayer life with God. And we can fi- we can find this according to Hebrews ten and twenty-two. We as believers have accepted Jesus Christ's death for our sins. Uh, we know that Jesus Christ died for us and died for our sins, but we must be cleansed from our sins and continue to strive for our holiness. So once you get, well, once you get forgiveness, that's not this, the end, that's not, uh, that's not the end of it. That, that's not the period. That's just the comma. And you got to keep going, uh, because we always have to strive for uh, for that holiness, we got because none of us are perfect, and so we got to strive for that perfection each day. And we can find this in James four and eight. You see, God wants us to purify our hearts so that we can resist the evil that comes against us day in and day out. Those bad attitudes, those those uh, bad thoughts that come into our mind, uh, so that we can be nearer to God, God Himself. And see the reason the reason god wants us to be pure is because because god came came in the flesh as jesus christ and he loved you and i so much that he died he gave his very life so that all who believe are made holy and blameless before his eyes according to ephesians 5:27 through 25 you see the brazen labor uh, also represents what god 's Word does to us, which is cleanses us according to John fifteen and three so this is why this is why it's important to read your Bible because it it doesn't just it doesn't just uh, give you smarts it doesn't just help you memorize, but it also helps create a clean heart and a clean mind inside of you. Uh, Jesus said that you have been you have been made clean. By the words which I have spoke to you, and we know that the word of God is is God's literally is God's word spoken to man as they wrote. Also, to us as Christians, the brazen labor represents in our salvation baptism, because once we get repentance, which is the brazen altar, then you know we we still we still got blood on our hands. Kinda of like the priest, we still got blood on our hands, and we're still trying to make our way to God, uh, and we can't go before Him with bloody hands. So we got to get washed, we got to get clean, uh, we got to be uh, spotless as we enter into His presence, and that's what baptism does for us. Uh, when we repent, we, we we still we still got we still got blood on our hands uh, because we, we've sacrificed everything, and God has forgiven us. But then he wants us to get washed clean, be pure, be white, white as snow. And that's why that's why, when we are, go down to the altar, as Paul said, we are buried with him so that we might rise with him. That when we come up, we're anew, we're fresh, we're clean so we can go further into the, in, into God's kingdom. Further into what God has for us and further into what the word wants to teach us. Well, that's all the time we have for today today. Uh, we hope that you enjoy, and uh, next week we'll begin our uh, lesson on the the holy place, which uh, starting off with the table of shoe bread, and we'll go from there. And I hope that you enjoy. Uh, God bless. Continue, continue, keep up the good work, guys.